welcome. This is The Things I've Seen, where we will reminisce, explore, and share the journey of aging, hosted by Senior Access. Senior Access is a nonprofit organization providing services in Austin, Texas, and the surrounding areas. We are your hosts, Sherry Rose and Regina Sasani. Regina. Hi, Sherry. How are you today? I'm good. I am excited for our show today. Um, we have a very fun and special guest, Kathy Heppenstall Parks, and she's actually um, been a volunteer with us a couple of years and is also an author. And we're just excited to have you on, Kathy. Yes, Kathy. So welcome. I'm happy to be excited to be here. So Kathy, just tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I'm an author. I, I'm local to Austin. My husband and I live in East Austin. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm uh, an advertising writer, but I'm also an author. And I also teach uh, a, writing, a new writing program called the Clyde Program. So between the, the three of those, I stay pretty busy. That is awesome. Um, so when I, I read a little bit of your bio um, on one of your on one of your books and it said you grew up in spring yes texas my husband grew up in spring texas so i feel like we're a little connected yeah for sure it's a it's a small well i was gonna say it's a small place not anymore um it last the last few times i've been there it looks like it's exploded yes it has yeah his um, parents lived there forever and that's where he grew up and didn't want to move back to the houston area so we're in austin as well <laughs> Yeah, I hear you. So um, when you first joined Senior Access as a, as a volunteer a couple of years ago, it's coming up on two years, um, you told me that you were an author. So just tell us a little bit more about that. Like, when did you decide or know that you wanted to be an author? Have you always loved writing? Just tell us a little bit about that. Well, I always loved uh, writing. I started out with poetry when I was a little kid. Most of it very dark, <laughs> a little too dark for an eight-year-old. Um, and, you know, my only uh, audience was my mother. And uh, then I went on to short stories. And then after that, I started trying novels. And I published my first one, I think it was in the year 2000, um, called The House of Gentlemen. And since then, I've published six, uh, six novels and adult novels. And I've published um, two young adult novel novels under the name Kathy Parks. So while I enjoy writing novels, it's a lonely profession. You know, I mean, literally you're looking at a screen by yourself. You're, you're in other worlds and it's, it's fun to promote novels and go to book clubs and so forth. But uh, I, miss, uh, I miss the connection of people. And, and so for every novel, it kind of takes a certain part of your life, part of a certain sacrifice of something that you could be doing um, otherwise. And, and I tell writers, understand that it's a sacrifice. You can't have a balance, not life in general while you're writing a novel, um, but make it worthy of the sacrifice. I have never thought of that. So that's very, that's very interesting that you bring that up. Yeah. Never thought about that before. Well, there's a lot of my friends in, in advertising and the, a lot of people in the advertising business are creative people and they want to write a novel, but they also want 
to have um, to still ha have their work and take care of their family and still have all their rituals and still have their Netflix and still have their social media. And what is dangerous is when you begin a novel over and over and over again, because as I say in my writing program, you're telling your brain it's okay not to finish something. And the brain starts taking that as an order. Oh, yeah. so I always try to do, I try to finish things. Um, um, and, and it's just, it's, it's, I'm fascinated with the study of the brain, brain chemistry. Uh, I, I'm fascinated with, uh, with um, brain training and neuroplasticity and all those things. And in my program, I, I apply those to writing. So there are just certain habits I try to get into as a writer. And one of them is finish what you start. Don't start a novel and then start another one, start another one, or your brain's going to think it's doing a good job. Fascinating. So that makes me think I should connect you with um, a guy from Aging is Cool. Have you, if you, well. No, that sounds you. immediately, I like this guy. Yes. <laughs> he has a British accent. He's wonderful. And so just look them up. Aging is cool. And I will connect the two of you because he is very big into training our brains and keeping them active and um, we can do stuff to help that. So is he from Austin? He is from Austin. Yeah. I would really, really love it. And, and on another note, my husband and I, I, I went to school here way back when, but my husband and I moved here shortly before COVID struck and it is hard to uh, I, again, in somebody that craves in-person, uh, interactions, it's, it's kind of hard to make friends, uh, when you're in a certain profession and a certain stage of life. So I'd love to meet your friend. Very cool. So I'll just do a quick, um, quick plug for a book of Polly. Um, I loved that book that you wrote, enjoyed Thank it you. very, very much. And just curious where that fits in like timeline where did you write that book? Does that question make sense? I wrote, I was actually, I think I was in California when I wrote that book and it came very easily. It was based on my, the personality in that book is my mother. Nothing happened in the book that happened to my mother. Um, she claims the book is not about her and then she micromanaged every step. So <laughs> including the cover, which I think she thought should be of her. She never said those <laughs> words, but she's like, why is a what it's ridiculous that a woman would garden in gloves and a dress and I think the implication was I should have been on the cover so I wrote the book <laughs> in California it came very easily I have um I, I had, don't have this agent anymore although we're still friends his name's Henry Duno he's a fantastic agent he sold that book in probably a week or two so it, the sale happened very quickly and um, that was published in 2016, I believe. That's great. Loved it. Highly recommend it. Thank Everybody you. should read it. It was really, I have really to, good. I have to read it. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was asking you earlier, where you publish your books, because I think it's very interesting. Oh, thank um, you. Yeah. So, Kathy, uh, let's talk about volunteering. You've been uh, a volunteer with Senior Access coming up on two years, and what made you decide to volunteer? So it's, it's been two years. That means that you started right when the pandemic started. Uh, mm -hmm. what, what made you do that for to help uh, seniors? I really, first of all, love, love seniors. Um, I, it's, I get so much out of it. And it's not really, it's not like this one-way charitable act. 
Um, I get, I actually am, am friends with, I, I stayed friends with some of the people that I took, uh, that I would take somewhere and, and their purity, you know, especially seniors in East Austin, where I, I, they have this purity of soul. I have real conversations. We don't talk about Elon Musk. God bless him. We don't talk about technology. We don't talk about all the surface things people talk about. They, these people have been through a lot and they have a strength about them that I would like somebody that's fascinated with the brain and fascinated with just getting through this life. I think everybody's fascinated with that and how to do that gracefully. They know, they know a lot of secrets. A lot of them have had a lot of loss and yet they remain graceful and happy. And I wanna know how they navigate that. So I, I also love the one-on-one -on -one and I love the feeling of being able to make a difference. If, if they get a lift, or you know, to their destination, they appreciate that immensely. But it doesn't go far enough for some of them. Some of them don't are having have a lot of trouble navigating the paperwork, navigating these buildings, um, navigating the very terrifying experience of whatever medical problem they're they're being seen for alone. And so I I feel a great sense of of value, like I can actually. I'm actually doing something very um, physical and involving movement that makes a difference. Um, and, and one thing that I tell my, my writing students is like, stay off the news. You're getting, what you're doing yes. is you're getting a series of micro traumas to your nervous system in the form of bad news. And only bad news is being given to us. There's good news all around. Like the Dalai Lama says, it just doesn't appear on the news. And to be so when you're sitting there and staring at a phone 18 hours a day and you're getting bad news you're not moving animals need to move in response to trauma it, like animals do it birds do it when they hit a windowsill so every almost every news problem is also a local problem and so by driving seniors i feel the bad news is that seniors are really struggling um, I can't, instead of just absorbing that into my nervous system and not moving, I can physically move, go pick up a senior, take them to a doctor. And I know I can't do that with every se senior, but my nervous system heals by solving problems and in movement. So that's what I do. I'm not saying that people that are, you know, fight battles on the internet, I'm not saying that that's wrong or they shouldn't do it, but I'm saying that for me, I have to move, I have to solve things. Um, so it's been very, it's very therapeutic for me. Mm -hmm. And you are very grateful for that, for your help, because we know that seniors uh, need that. And, and like you said, by helping them, you're helping yourself also. So that's, that's very good. Yeah. And I'm starting to learn that it's to, to, to do something because it helps you or you feel good about it is absolutely nothing wrong with that and everything right about that. I don't want to be a martyr. I don't think senior access wants martyr drivers, and I don't think the seniors want that either. They want, you know, they, they want that that interchange, and and I find that I I have I have that, and I miss them when I don't see them. So you've kind of answered this a little bit, but I want to just explore how volunteering has impacted your life. Um, I would give you um, a specific example. There's a woman named Mildred, and I don't know why her last name is uh, escaping me. Mildred Reed, I think. And she's an 84-year-old African-American woman. She lives in East Austin. And I took her to the doctor. 
and now we're friends and she's a really powerful woman and she takes she suffers no fools <laughs> um and i feel like she's very interesting because there's um she's suffered so much loss i think she was one of something like 14 children she's the last one alive um she was had a, a beautiful relationship with her husband who was actually in the military and was a counselor and had a um, master's degree in counseling and he died six or seven years ago and so she's had um, a lot of loss in her life but she remains strong and so we'll go out to lunch we'll go out and she'll say okay I'm going to be paying this part like she has an energy like I don't I need um, a friend I don't need somebody who is I don't need someone's charity and I don't think charity is a bad word but I she's really taught me a lot about how to approach seniors as people who have had these amazing lives and who are strong and and smart and have contributed to the world not as something that I'm doing not as charity cases um so she's helped me with that distinction and I really she's funny um and she's she's great and um I consider her one of my better friends in Austin so um so that's that's you asked for a particular instance Mildred yeah I think her last name is Reed in fact I need to I might go over and visit her today because um she was having trouble um with her allergies and my husband and I weren't using our uh, analogy a, a machine and it's been night and day for her to use this machine so I just gotta have to go over and take a picture so my husband can uh get her new filters so it's just these simple relationships that make us feel part of the community and you know you made me think of something about the senior community in general and is they they just want to be seen for who they are um and that's important that we uh we can do that for them they're still humans they're, they still have lots to give and we're thankful for people like you who will just see them for who they are and also give them a ride and be friends with them. I think that's so important. Yeah, and it's amazing how you said that you have become like a friend or she has become like a friend for you. And that's uh, what uh, we were gonna ask you, like if you had a favorite client or a senior, a favorite senior, and you just uh, told the story about Mildred, which is really, which is really nice because we were gonna ask you that question, like in particular, if you had any like favorite uh, senior or uh, who do you like to drive? And if you wanted to share a story. So I think that's, that was nice that you shared your story with us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, she is one of my favorite, um, but there, there are others uh, and they have different strengths and different personalities. And one thing I would encourage the other, the other, um, if they if you can and if it's safe in a in a covid way have them ride in the front seat with you if 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 it's if it's safe if everybody agrees when they ride in the back seat i think they feel served in a way that makes them uncomfortable i mean i i remember one person may have told me like oh you're i get to ride in the front seat or are you let me ride in the front seat and i was like of course so that that level of not hey i'm here as a driver and i'm a martyr and you're, I'm serving you. So here you go. See ya. It, it hurts them, I think. So I try to put myself in their shoes. What is, what is going to make them feel like 
somebody that just wants a conversation or wants to serve in the in the way that they and many many of them have served the community all their lives you know and um I try to get to know something about their life I sometimes ask for their advice uh in terms of not not directly but in terms of their stories and um you know I don't just make them feel seen and heard they are seen and heard and um I think I think technology is putting us down to transaction. Everything is a transaction, whether it's the the growth of assistance and Alexa, which I don't use in my house, or because um, companionship should not just be transactional. And that's one of the reasons I love doing driving for senior, because it's not, senior access really understands it's not just a ride, so. That's so true. And you mentioned earlier about, you know, just kind of, it's, you know, sometimes they need help with paperwork and, you know, just getting to the right place and just some of the buildings that they have to navigate. There's multiple exits, multiple entrances, um, multiple levels. So it really is just, you know, about helping individually um, that person. And um, it's just great to be a part of what we do. I feel very privileged to be a part of this. You, you all are fantastic. And, and I would like to say some specific ways you are fantastic. I am really hopeless with, I, I, the, it's not that I can't figure it out, but when I have to go sign in and use software in a platform and sign in and take notes online, I have to do that over and over. Uh, that's one of the reasons that I cut down my freelance job simply because I have so much, I struggle with things like paperwork and, and charts and graphs on computers and signing into portals. And you've allowed me to just go back and forth on email and give you my notes on email. And that's tremendous relief to me. There are some, uh, there are some, uh, there are, there are some volunteer organizations that I haven't signed up for simply because the portal is too complicated and the paperwork's too complicated. So you've made that easy for me. And the other thing, you'll say little things like this person has trouble um, hearing or can't hear. And then I know I need to bring a pad and I need to bring a piece of paper so I can write things. This person um, has troubles with mobility. Um, this person, you know, all the, all those little notes you send me are really important to me. And also the way that you help me navigate this, this world. And it's, it's also, it's just another note about the buildings. It used to be pretty standard to go drive to a doctor's office and go in the office. And even I am bewildered by all the construction, all the road work, all the, where do you park? Wait, is that the entrance? I find it bewildering and I'm healthy and I'm not a senior yet. So how much, how disorienting it must be for them. Yes. Oh, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So we like to wrap up our show with asking you what you have seen. That's the name of our show. And so what is, what is something that you've seen over the years? What have I seen? Yes. That's just such a great question. What, what do you mean? <laughs> so it can be anything, um, something you've seen volunteering or something you've seen as an author or something you've seen living in different parts of the world. Something you've seen within your family. Uh, this is a great question. Um, I no longer drink because of a white dog in Dominican Republic. This happened uh, a few months ago. And I think you 
remember I was out for like two and a half months and I couldn't drive because I was in the Dominican Republic. I, you know, never had a drinking problem per se, but I loved the tequila and I was loving it a little too much during COVID. I walk, was walking across the street toward a tienda in the Dominican Republic and a white dog came out of nowhere. And these dogs are very, they don't care about people. They're not friendly. They're not unfriendly. They want to be by themselves, the street dogs. So it was very strange behavior. So I'm on my way to get this bottle of tequila that was against my better judgment. A white dog came out of cinematically. It was beautiful, a shot from above and tail wagging, trying to jump on me. Uh, and um, I thought, wow, what a friendly dog. How unusual. And a series of mystical events that already happened, so which we will discuss over coffee. Um, and I, I, I thought, this is so nice. My husband had been very ill and he had gone back to the States. So I was alone in the Dominican Republic. And I thought, and I, so I started petting him and he was nipping my hand and he never growled. He was, and he was a fairly big dog, he never growled, but he was so insistent on me not getting over across the street to that store that he was becoming more and more, his bites were getting more and more uh, harder. And he was, he was getting more and more aggressive in the friendliest of way. And I, I underplay everything. I'm not a dramatic person, but I started getting scared. I didn't know what was going on. And the dog was almost wrapping its arms around me to keep me from that store. So I finally peeled him off me as the Dominican locals stared at me in you know amazement, like what's going on here? Santa Amazonian woman is uh, being like overloved by this big dog. And so when I went into the tienda to get the tequila, I looked down and there was a single drop of blood running down my hand. And that caused a whole, um, that caused a whole circumstance. I had to stop. Uh, I gave the bottle of tequila to a guard and um, I went, I got on the back of someone's motorcycle and had to go to the emergency room and get a, get a um, rabies shot. And I also knew enough to take that as a sign uh, that everything about that day was so strange and it was very pointed. It was a very pointed order from something out there that I can't see, something unknown. You're not supposed to, you're drinking, you're drinking tequila and it's wasting your time that you need to be spent on doing other things. So that was something I saw. Is that, that was a good one, huh? That is a, a very great experience. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure for me and Regina, it's a pleasure meeting you as well. Well, we are certainly glad you joined us today. We're thankful for all that you do for seniors in East Austin. Um, you, you make a difference. So thank you. Thank you, Kath. As do you. So thank you. Thank you. And as do them. Thanks for being with us today. We hope you laughed a little and your heart was touched with our conversation. Please follow us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you want to learn more about how we help our aging community or to join us as a volunteer or donor, please visit us at senioraccesstx.org. Be sure to tune in next time for The Things I've Seen.